0: Where are you going, master? For a drink.
1: forced toast listeners laura here so this one is on me i'm going to be getting off of a nine-hour flight from france when alice and i are supposed to record episode 23 so we're going to hold off on that and release some bonus content instead that means that we won't be able to dive into the mandalorian for a while but who knows maybe we will call uh we'll call some more bonus content up and do something for that, too. In the meantime, our friend Matt is here to discuss an amazing series he's been working on at the Blue Bantha Milk Company YouTube channel. Today is Tuesday, November 4th, and I am here with my co-host, Alice. Yo, yo. And, of course, Matt. Hey. We have got our required beverage slash cocktails for the occasion, so let's dive in. Alice, what are you drinking tonight?
2: I have an upset tummy.
1: (laughs) Aw. That's usually my role that I play. That's not usually your role.
2: Yeah. It's okay. Matt, how many drinks have you
1: had again?
3: I've had 9 beers and Perfect. 1 hour <laughs> and 1 hours sleep after a 14-hour flight from Melbourne.
1: And you I'm still there. agreed to be with us tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs>
3: well, I thought it might actually be interesting after this kind of delirium, you know. <laughs>
1: Oh, I think so too. I'm excited. I've got a glass of white wine with some uh, some ice cubes in it, so I'm ready to get down. So yeah, let's just dive in. Matt, tell us about the Blue Bantha Milk Company. Who, what, where, when, what's it all about?
3: Uh, so, uh, Blue Bantha Milk Co. or Blue Bantha, Blue Bantha Milk Company, whatever whatever it sounds like. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, so, youtube.com slash c slash Blue Bantha Milk Co. Uh, or you can just Google it. And we come up pretty easily now in search results, which is good, it means people are actually watching us. We do kind of deep dives into Star Wars and popular culture. And that can be, obviously, that's a very, very broad topic, right? Like that's usually just how it has impacted people. People. We don't do canon, we don't do lore, we don't really care about that stuff. I mean, we care about it, but there's other channels that do it far better and far more detailed than us. Uh, we want to talk about how it has impacted either people, culture, or other things around us. Um, and we've been doing that lately through a bit of a series, and I think you two have been on a few of them now, You've been, you've been on the show twice now we made some cameos. Yeah, you made some cameos. (laughs) One of them was a long cameo.
1: It was a very long cameo as part of the Road to Nine, and it was amazing because we got to talk about the role of Maul in Star Wars Rebels, which is, of course, my favorite Star Wars. I love it so much, and that was a really fun opportunity, so I thank you for that. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about what else has been involved in the Road to Nine besides us, even though we were obviously the best?
3: Yeah, I mean, you were obviously the best. I mean there was a bit of an advantage there because I think we recorded and it was what a Sunday night when we recorded and I had to get up for work the next morning, but I got drunk anyway. Um, and that was quite good. And you can tell by the recording. So if you listen to other recordings where I've had maybe like no drinks, I'm usually kind of <laughs> sharp, but with you two, I had maybe not enough drinks because like I had this steady decline into just mumble them. Whereas tonight I've had nine fairly strong beers and I'm fucking on it. So <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, it was, it was pretty good. So you, you got me like fairly mellow. It was, it was good fun. Um, but the whole series as a whole uh, is, it's basically just been exploring like what we think is the most essential bits of story. Now, obviously the episodes in Star Wars, what are the most essential bits of story on the road to the rise of Skywalker? And we obviously did, you know, episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, we've added a few other things in there as well. So we spoke a little bit about Battlefront very recently. Uh, we spoke about the Clone Wars and Rebels. And both times we did that, we spoke about Maul in it uh, because we thought that he, his character arc was actually the most interesting in all of it, um, arguably. And We don't want to have that argument because we're not interested. And uh, what else? We've done the, even the holiday special, so we, we've delved into the non-canon as well.
2: I loved um, that one.
3: That was the most fun. I've got yeah. to say, like, no, no disrespect to the two of you. Like, that was fun just because I love the both of you and I love chatting with you. Um, but having a script and having to pull a straight face while we do stupid shit is so much fun and i think that's probably (laughs) gonna guide a little bit more of what happens what we're calling next season we're youtube producers now so we call things seasons but really it's just years so next year uh when we take a bit of a break and summer in australia is over i think we're going to do a bit more of that style of stuff we're not going to be beholden to every two weeks which we're currently doing the road to nine is every two weeks we are putting out Something and it's edited and thought out and like we we can't just sort of throw it up there um, without putting hours and hours and hours of work into it. So that's been stressful, uh, but it's been fun. It
1: totally shows too it's really fun i mean like the caliber of the content that you're producing is so great i just i was like so impressed watching it leading up to our appearance on on the channel it was it's really really neat and i love the graphics and i love everything about your style it was just like so fun to get to see all of it play out
3: thank you and like you know we're, we're new to this stuff like i before we jumped on youtube so like the history of the channel is i think i Wanted to do it for a while, and what was it? July two thousand and eighteen is when I registered the channel and just started putting some dodgy shit out there that I made on iMovie. But like prior to that, I hadn't touched any video editing until like since oh god, it was like nineteen ninety nine. Like it had been that long, so all the tools were like completely new and different to me. You know, I think like I I had to learn everything from scratch again, and it's been that way of the whole way along and like then sean joined and so we have kind of had to learn about like collaborative writing and uh doing all of this remotely even though we're not that far from each other we're like maybe three kilometers away from each other uh which i won't convert into actual you know miles for yeah you you guys can just learn what real measurements are um (laughs) uh yeah like we're not far away from each other but just our schedules so we have to do everything in like uh collaborative documents like you know putting in suggestions and then reviewing them and da, da, da. And i don't know if it was anyone else i don't know how well it would work but like Sean and i just seem to nail it like we we work very well together disparately
1: how did you and sean meet
3: i started a facebook group so you remember it was like We'd had the Force Awakens, we were buzzing, and then the next thing was Rogue One, and everyone was like, oh, fucking hell. And we were buzzing more, and then uh, it, it kind of awakened <laughs> something in a lot of people, I think. And people who'd had kind of dormant uh, involvement in fandom were feeling less dormant. And so I, I was one of those people. I was like, no, I wanna be a bit more active. And I got on Facebook, Facebook and I started a little Facebook group. And the the small Facebook group got a little bit bigger, and it was originally just Melbourne only, and then Sean jumped in at some point after we'd been around for a little while, like maybe a year or something like that, and just got super active and The Facebook group was originally called Blue Banther Co. and then we like, I'd started the channel, and it was like, "Yep, cool, it's kind of this sister thing to it." and then um yeah, him and I just went for beers a few times and uh, ate too much pizza at one of the pubs in the city and that was it we were like oh well, actually he's a writer like he, he is a writer um, and a journalist and all this sort of stuff he, he does the things that i don't do and <laughs> i i mean I, I don't do any of the things that i do professionally either you know <laughs> but like um yeah it just kind of worked out and so then he jumped on uh, september or october of 2018 and he's been on ever since
1: it's amazing i love your story i love that it you know kind of started star wars is what brought the two of you together and hang out and having drinks and eating pizza that is that whole part sort of feels familiar with uh yeah, me well, and alice two. and how we meet yeah. and how, yeah. how we met yeah
3: trivia buddies uh, wasn't
1: it yes yeah
3: Lots of so, well, well, trivia, trivia frenemies was it trivia like <laughs> acro- across the room stare at each other like oh, who's that
1: bitch at first yeah yeah. which is kind of hilarious but yeah that didn't last long fortunately we uh we we teamed up eventually and now we are just the unstoppable force that is force toast i love it so good so So i wanted to talk a little bit about the road to nine and where you guys are now so what exact what's next in terms of like the next episode is it episode eight have you gotten episode seven yet where are you guys in in terms of of releasing content leading up to episode nine
3: so as of uh, the date of this chat, uh, we had released the uh, live stream with Major Lee, uh, who did the, uh, the deep dive into the <clears> turned <throat> menace, uh, They Who Shall Go Unnamed, uh, and, you know, caused, caused a bit of a stir from that. So we, we spoke about uh, Return of the Jedi and Battlefront 2 uh, maybe about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Nearly two weeks ago, uh, we've taken a little bit of a break. And the reason being was we needed The Mandalorian to come out. So the next episode unless something major changes like it's been recorded it's actually sitting on youtube on a scheduled release it's ready to go but we don't want to release it until the mandalorians first episode screens because we've got an interview with dominic pace who plays one of the feature bounty hunters in that show and he's just sort of talking about the process of getting the job um even though he's like he's in the trailer, not the most recent one, but the one before it, he's in it for like a split second. You see him and we have been speaking to him since Celebration. He's like, I'm in, I'm in the Mandalorian, but I can't say anything. I can't do anything. And we're like, yep, yep, I know. That's cool. So let's wait until you're shown. And that was the whole rule. It's like once his character is shown and it's in the, in the public sphere, you can talk about it. So we've got an interview with him that goes for about 30 minutes. That is up next. And that's probably going to be around, uh, yeah, the 12th of November. Is that when you guys get Disney Plus?
1: Yes, that's the day that we get it.
3: Yeah, so Disney Plus, uh, I, like, I've i set it for around 1 p.m. Eastern, thereabouts. So that video is going to come out. And then uh, we're going to have uh, some Australian reactions to The Mandalorian, which we get The Mandalorian a week after you guys. So it'll be old news. We're going to have, like, November 19, I think two episodes to talk about
1: that's when i'll be back from my trip so that's when i'll be able to watch it too i'll be watching it along with australia so i can't complain
3: <laughs> uh, i'm really not looking forward to twitter like spoiling like game it for of, you yeah the end of game of thrones was like the biggest lesson it's like when it's something that other like when, like when it's star wars and it's america if you spoil it they get very you guys get very angry but when it was like game of thrones and television i was like hey don't spoil it and people were like within five minutes spoiling it just not hashtagging anything i was just like sitting there i had 56 muted words on twitter to try and avoid stuff and it was still slipping through yeah
1: there's just no avoiding spoiler culture i suppose unless you just go dark which is hard when you've got content you're a content creator and you need to promote your content you need to be out there to
3: people yeah
1: exactly It's too bad. So I want to talk more about some of the the content creators that you are, that you're involving with your channel. So Matt, you've been through now a lot of episodes of this. Uh, You've got a couple of weeks left. Can you answer this question of what you personally think is considered the most essential viewing for the rise of Skywalker in terms of where you are now? All
0: of it.
3: All of it. Fucking all of it. Now. okay i'll give you a bit of context to that like i've at the same time as doing this been fortunate enough to be taking one of my closest friends through her very very first watch of star wars and it's following the same order that we're going through but we're not doing uh we're not doing battlefront we're not doing anything that's like not the movies basically so we're doing canon order episodes one through eight Uh, including 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 solo and and rob one yeah yeah, got it and I actually think like when you talk to other Star Wars fans, obviously everyone's got their own takes, you know, like there's the predictable sort of like, yeah, A new hope is like the bee's knees, you know, it, it's the most essential. It's OG Star Wars. And it's like, nah, is it, is it like it, for me it sort of ranks somewhere around number four or five. Uh, seeing it through the eyes of someone who's never watched it before is kind of interesting because their take is like, yeah, this is boring. Uh, but I get it. It's like, I get the story, like I get where it's going. It's like there's scenes in it where they go, yeah, that's cool. But their association to it is completely different when you strip away nostalgia. And so going through that has actually been as valuable as talking to everyone else about it, I think. Like every fan's got their own thing. They've got their preferred watch order. They've got their favorites. They've got their own characters that they like to talk about, but I don't... I don't think that you can take any one thing and go, that's the thing. Like that's the one thing. It was like, a, as a saga, it's not really designed to be centered around one movie or even one trilogy. It's, it's the sum of its parts.
1: Yeah, that really is the beauty of it. I love that you brought up the idea, the idea of doing like a marathon with someone who's never seen a Star Wars movie before. Alice, have you ever watched a Star Wars movie with someone who has never seen them? No. It is so hard to find someone. Yeah, it's an interesting experience.
3: (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it like? Did you like? Have you, Laura? Have you? I
1: did just one time. We we watched A New Hope, and I was just like, "Holy shit! This movie's really slow." And like, the beginning of it is so boring, and it's like thirty minutes of it is just robots walking through the desert I mean I'm like Jesus Christ like I promise it gets better than this like it's it's weird it's just a weird weird thing to to put somebody through so you are it sounds like you are doing a full marathon you've got a guest with it which is fun providing a sort of new point of view Allison in addition to sort of happening or helping out with my trivia studying what are what how are you kind of preparing for the rise of Skywalker are you doing a full marathon? No,
2: because I've already done a full marathon several times to help you study.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you feel prepared already. I'm good. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, Matt, Allist isn't really into the whole ranking of the Star Wars films. Is that something that you're sort of into? Do you have one that that you've posted online? Does your sort of change from time to
3: time? Uh, okay, so my middle, my middle changes quite a bit, but my top and bottom doesn't really. Like move much. The Last Jedi is my favorite, absolutely favorite. Like, cannot top it. That is unshakable at the moment. Uh, and you know, Empire is quite close behind it. Uh, and my least favorite is the Phantom Menace. That doesn't seem to change much. Uh, all the stuff in the middle can be a little bit more malleable. I find like that's that's the stuff where my mood might change or like I happened like just actually the last weekend when I was with my friend and we, we watched Rogue One and A New Hope back to back and I haven't traditionally been a big fan of Rogue One. I've just been like, oh yeah, it's fine.
1: Would you say that after after the process of going through the road to nine, has your opinion or your ranking or anything kind of changed just based on what you've gotten in terms of content and the conversations you've had with some of your, your favorite content creators out there?
3: Yeah. Um, so Rogue One, I think... Uh, I've kind of upped it a little bit. Like I find it a little harder to rank rogue one as low as I used to. It's definitely sort of sitting somewhere there close to like solo rogue one. It's, they're both kind of on par in terms of my enjoyment and they're really close to um, revenge of the Sith, but then uh, trying to pick which order those three go in. It's really hard after I, I thought actually maybe after doing uh return of the jedi that i would have a better opinion of it like after having someone that like major league like is super into it but no <laughs> like i I've, i i've totally just that 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 movie is bombed way way <laughs> down the list for me i'm just like yeah
2: all right so matt we will see you in anaheim
3: you will. I've got my flights all confirmed.
2: Holler. So where can our lovely listeners find you? Plug what you want. You know, the spiel. Go for it.
3: Yeah. Okay. So the main two places are really just YouTube. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Go to our YouTube, uh, so youtube.com forward slash the letter C forward slash Blue bantam Milk Co. Uh, or just search Blue Bansom Milk Co. Uh, in the search bar on YouTube and you will find us. Otherwise, it's Blue Banther Milk on Twitter. Um, those are the two main places. From there, you can find myself independently and you can find Sean. We're on our profile pages. If you want to just chat to us one-on-one about anything, uh, it could be our beards, it could be our accents, uh, it could be how tall we are or how flaky our skin is. Thanks for having me on again. And yeah, let's let's do more of this.
2: All right, sounds like a plan. And now, in the words of RuPaul, let the music play!
0: I guess the old saying is true. You can't keep a good Dathomirian Zabrak down. You were
3: wise to trust me.
0: Until the Clone Wars, Star Wars wasn't known for lengthy life-after-death roles for its characters. Obi-Wan's force ghosts appear as plot devices to help guide Luke, but that's about it. With Maul, that all changed. Not only was he back, but he had his own character development and story arcs. If you were to look up epic life after death careers in the dictionary, you may see Maul right there with the man himself, Big JC. Maul's second return in Star Wars Rebels was both shocking and awesome. His story in the Clone Wars gave us no closure, and for all we knew he was still out in the galaxy, getting up to mischief and searching for old
3: mate.
0: On this step of the road to nine, we're joined by Laura and Alice of the Force Toast podcast to walk through Maul's final arc, motivations, and his eventual second death. And since I'm in New Zealand while this episode records, I guess I'll be drinking alone. Again, thinking about Star Wars. (sighs) Thanks for joining us. How are you both?
1: Fantastic. We're sleepy. It's early.
3: Wait, what time is <laughs> it? About seven
1: thirty in the morning. It's, it's like yeah, about seven thirty.
3: Oh, so just like normal kind of wake up time. On Nothing. A weekend you know, though. Like, oh what? Yeah, oh.
2: but we do have breakfast ready.
3: What is it?
1: Well, in true forced toast fashion. No, in forced a- toast fashion, we have uh drinkies. It's- even though it's really, we shouldn't have admitted how early it was. No, we're That's- about to
2: make mimosas real quick.
1: Yeah. So, hold up. You you hold yours up, yeah. and we're just going to add, like, a little bit of orange juice to these, but there's then a very the specific, like, proportion, and I find restaurants go too heavy with the yeah. OJ. You just want a slight tint. Is
3: that a dropper? So, we're
1: just going to... This is a dropper. <laughs> this is how you get the proper mimosa proportions. Um, this is important information, you guys. Yeah. Let's
2: do one. I think we need, like... My favorite number
1: four, so I need Two. four. All right, three, four. four. Okay, done. I think we're good. I got that, mimosa. Did you good. fix yours? That's that's the proper mimosa, guys. All right. This is how we do it. Yeah. with Forced toast.
3: Mhm. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> so, yeah, way less prepared. Mimosa's made. I've just got cider, and it's from it's in a can. Um, yeah, that's good. Wait, wait, hold on. Is that toast as well?
1: So this is, is toast. Fire I fire toast. toast. <laughs> Oh I believe it's a tie-advanced fighter. Cheers. Yeah, that looks like yeah. Vader's
3: tie-fighter. Cheers.
1: There it is. Yeah, the tie-advanced.
3: Good segue. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like the tie-fighter that shows up in a very early episode of Star Wars Rebels, which is, I believe, what we're here to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Are we? Oh, my God. What a surprise. And I guess,
3: like, before we sort of jump mm-hmm. in too deeply on that, I guess, talk to me now. Laura, you're a big Rebels fan. I am. Alice?
2: Um, not season one. Not
3: season one. (laughs) uh, Okay. (laughs) I
1: like the, I I grew to enjoy it.
0: Let me defend
1: season one because season one is what really made me like fall in love with the Kanan Jarrus character because Kanan, it was like going through this whole thing of like having to take on an apprentice and it was very much like what it's like when you for the first time have a direct report when you're like working at a job and you didn't oh, ask for a direct report mm, and then okay. you get one and you're like, what do I do with this person? And <laughs> so I found that very relatable because he was going through that in season one at the same time that I like discovered the show. Right. And so I found that season very relatable personally. Mm. And that's what made Kane and Juris very relatable to me. Mm. I was just stoked to have Ahsoka back. So yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
2: War Ahsoka for everyone.
3: Mm. Always. But- what did you think about Maul when he turned up?
1: I was shocked. I really wasn't expecting it at no, all. No. I didn't see it coming at all. That no. was like it was super surprising.
3: No, same. I I mean, it's kind of a rare feat, I think. Like obviously the the reintroduction of Maul altogether is kind of surprising as it is. It's like, ah, Maul's dead. No, he's a he's a big robot spider. But <laughs> and, and that so that was kind of shocking. And then Yeah,
2: I was totally shocked. And when you look at him i mean uh from solo from seeing him in solo you know he's kind of a big guy and in charge of all sorts of shit and then we don't know what happens for up to that eight year period between um solo and when we see him in rebels and he just looks really decrepit
3: yeah disheveled
2: not not a big presence like he normally is or like he was when we last saw him. And we also don't know how long he's been on Malachor either. Yeah. Mm. But we do know he's been there before because in the comics, that's where he did a lot of his training with Sidious. Um, so that's kind of how he knew what he was looking for and expecting to get.
3: Do Do they talk about how – and this is where my memory is failing me. Do they talk about how he – Got stuck there? Because he is stuck there, isn't he?
2: It appears to be so. I don't think there's an explanation for that. Or if there is, it would be in the comics. And I just looked up a little bit. I haven't actually read them. Um, But, you know, again, he's really, really, like, skinny and just kind of falling apart, it seems like, when
1: we see him. So it could be a while. Mm. He does say something like, it's been years since I've spoken to anyone when he finally sees Ezra in the cavern down there. Mm. Um, So yeah, I would think it's been probably a few years and he's just been like eating rats and stuff. So yeah. He's hanging out. Poor guy. (laughs) Maybe he just waits for Inquisitors to come and then kills
2: them and eats them slowly. Yeah. He
1: goes full Ewok on him.
3: (laughs) So yeah, you see him in solo, obviously now, which is which has been sort of inserted into that part of the timeline. He tells Kira in that uh, is it to meet him on Dathomir? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he said meet meet him on Dathomir. So there's this big big gap, um, and I don't think they're going to fill that in with the Clone Wars season seven, are they? Like. I think that arc no. is still going to be before pre solo, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because I think all of that's going to take place, or at least the mall part of it, I think is going to take place on Mandalore because we know that he goes that Rex and Ahsoka and Maul escape from Mandalore like at approximately the same time. Yep. And yeah. And then, cause that's, and then they re-encounter each other again in the Ahsoka novel. So there's a lot of question marks in the timeline of where Maul is in between all of these important events. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see if that ever gets picked up and explored further. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, given how much of a fan favorite he is, like it seems like a really ripe kind of opportunity as well. Like, there's a lot of answer, unanswered questions with him. And particularly, like, when you first see him in Rebels, he is different, isn't he? Like, I mean, the last time you saw him pretend Solo doesn't exist for a moment, the last time you saw him, he was basically just getting his ass kicked by Palpatine.
2: Yeah. And then Palpatine's like, I have other uses for you, and that's why he can't kill him.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but, you know, one thing you see through his arc in Rebels is he has total PTSD about like being by himself and alone Mm. Um, and I think that's just made him more fanatical because when we found him again in the Clone Wars he was like not so crazy yeah right Mm. so I think having a young force user is something that he was just like waiting for and in his time alone he's just so fixated on this one thing with Kenobi
3: Mm. so do you think that that similar kind of isolation has sort of almost put him back in that, in that kind of headspace, maybe not as bad, but like, do you see that in him or is it something else that you see that's maybe like.
1: I think it also, one of the things that sort of comes with the territory of him being on Malcourt is that he's aged quite a bit, like in an advanced way. Like he seems like he's sort of like now aged beyond his years. Cause he's, he's still got this sort of like, underlying crazy I think but he he's got this like very intense sort of calm focus and intensity that's more present I think than it was when we encountered him again in the Clone Wars cuz I mean that was just full blown crazy yeah mm. when Savage press finds him and this is uh this is more of like him just having this sort of quiet focus. And I kind of just think that's one of those things that kind of just came with came with age, I don't know. Yeah, and then with his focus on top of
2: that, one of the things that we both kind of thought of and pointed out is he had so much time to just think over things. Yeah. And throughout his arc in Rebels, when he's the things he's saying and the reasons and what he's doing really mirror things that we've seen throughout the saga. So he's like, for example... He has almost the exact same conversation that Palpatine has with Anakin. Like, you need to know both sides of the Force to really get something done. Mm. You Um, seem to know an awful
3: lot about them. To defeat your enemy, you must know your enemy. Even practice their beliefs. Yeah, my master wouldn't approve of that last part. Then he is doomed to fail.
1: To defeat your enemy, you must know them.
2: Yeah, that, and then there's, you know... No one's called me Maul in a long time. That's just like when Luke goes to Ben, Obi-Wan. Now, that's a name I haven't had in a long time. Mm. Haven't heard in a long time. Um, You see kind of an obsessiveness with Kenobi, just like Kylo has with Luke. Just that very one-track mind to find this one person, you know? Um, There's also
1: the line where, like, he says something to Ezra about, like, forget the Jedi, forget the Sith, forget attachments, which is, like very reminiscent of the speech that Kylo Ren Mm. gives Ray in The Last Jedi. So it's cool. You see all these like sort of parallels, but it's also like a lot of it came before Mm -hmm. in the animation before it got into the film. So it's kind of cool.
2: Also mirroring Palpatine and Luke's conversation on the second Death Star, use your hate and anger to strike down an Inquisitor versus, you know, Luke striking down Vader. Mm. Um, That's like a huge part of his story. And it's really, really interesting that, it pulls in sequel, original, and then unintentionally or intentionally sequel trilogy, yeah,
1: yeah, so
2: it it most of the things he says apply to that, and I thought that was really, really fascinating, yeah, mm. but apart from that, um his obsessiveness, we do see his kind of trauma of not wanting to be alone in addition to. Wanting to kill Kenobi.
3: The way that Maul gravitates towards Ezra, I think for me was one of the most unexpected aspects of his character. Like for all the things that I was like, wow, that's Maul, that, that's Maul. That he wants to take on someone young as a, as an apprentice and start imparting all of that and that he's got all this information and knowledge and and I guess retrospective thought that he wants to impart to Ezra I found really interesting
2: yeah I mean I don't think it's that surprising because I don't know how much Maul could sense about Ezra but Ezra hasn't seen many force wielders except Kanan has he seen anyone
1: else yeah I mean so like the way that Ezra sort of interprets Maul is is interesting to me too because Ezra's had Kanan He's met Ahsoka. He's oh, met tough. the Inquisitors. He's met Vader. He's seen like a very, um, like varying spectrum mm, of yeah, Force wide. users, and he, it's sort of interesting. Or he like when he first encounters them all, he's not totally sure where he falls on that spectrum, and he's you know he's so young and naive, and he just wants to trust him. Um, yeah.
2: and they also have the commonality that they both
1: lost their family.
2: Yeah Mm. Right So Maul finally gets his brother And he's finally not alone
3: The Sith took everything from me Ripped me from my mother's arms Murdered my brother Used me as a weapon And then cast me aside Abandoned me Once I had power
2: Now I have nothing
3: Nothing I know how you feel. The Empire, you took away my home and my mother and my father.
1: Sad. I know Mm. it is sad.
2: But He also has
1: like this really protective intensity over Ezra at one point, like when they're on Dathomir in that cave Mm -hmm. and he's like, don't let them touch you. He's like very, very intense about it. It's almost like kind of sweet. I'm like, yeah. uh Cuddly maul. But
2: he also just obsessively calls him apprentice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like I'm still thinking on that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But he does want someone with him, and Ezra understands loss, also is a Force user who can help him, and is impressionable because he doesn't know much of anything, and also Maul's sitting there like, well, I'm not a Sith, I just know shit.
3: (laughs) The way that the story kind of pits... Kanan and Mole against each other to kind of, like, vie for Ezra's... Uh, vie for Ezra's, I guess, kind of... not not attention, necessarily, but respect. Um,
1: loyalty,
2: maybe? Loyalty,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, how did you find that playoff for you? Well,
2: this is another thing with a parallel. Like, Anakin was so pissed off with Obi-Wan because he's like, well, he won't let me do what I want and reach my full potential, and Ezra hadn't had the full Jedi training that um, Kanan had, right? Or a lot yeah. of it that Kanan had. So he didn't really have that background of yeah. here are the rules and here's what we do. Ezra's just like, I want to destroy the Sith. uh, You know, and Maul had a common goal and Maul would kind of like – pump him up of like hey here's your potential I'm mm. letting you do it mm.
1: Um, so I think I think that's part of it yeah mm. yeah. It, it actually like it sort of just came to me that it's this must be kind of a thing that a lot of apprentices go through because remember in like Dooku Jedi Lost when young Dooku like wasn't getting the training that he was he thought that he deserved from Yoda he like went to a different master basically and was All like right. train me up let's do this mm. and yeah, it was. That's an interesting sort of parallel too. I think it just must just be these, these young whippersnapper kids. <laughs> <laughs> Dagnap it! Yeah, they have no loyalty to anything.
3: <laughs> like I, I think that Kanan as a character really grew on me. You know, like like when you see those kinds of force characters, sometimes I think, oh, are they gonna be just another pompous twat? You know, are they just gonna tell everyone what to do? <laughs> like like are they gonna annoy me? <laughs> are they gonna be like are they gonna be like Obi-Wan in kind of like the first prequel as opposed to as he is in the other ones, you know, where I'm just like, ah, oh, I can see there's something a little bit like snide about him. And obviously then yeah. when he's in the master role at the start of episode two, I'm a bit like, oh, God, just stop telling. Just just stop. But then by the end of the prequels, I was like, oh, yes, I love this character. He's so funny and he's great. And um, I was really worried about that with Kane And I think the way he handles it. The way he handles, like, you know, a young man that is just trying to find his way and figure out who he is is really cool.
1: He has, like, so much patience with him at this point. And it gets even more so – I mean, that sense of things gets even stronger in seasons three and four, I think. But, like, this is really kind of the start of it where you're really seeing Kanan kind of come into his own as a master. And I really enjoyed it, but on the other side of things – I was hooked on Kanan from the start. He very much, like, grabbed my attention. I was fully on his side to the be- to beginning. Yeah, with.
2: she's, like, full Canera. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, that's hashtag Canera. That, that's that's the ship. Yeah. Which, again, I didn't realize shipping was a word until, like, a year ago. That is so funny. <laughs> You're like <Whoops>. a Martian. <laughs>
1: I know, I'm just,
2: no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the
3: same, I'm the same. I've been on Twitter for that long and and yeah, people are saying, oh, cheers, um, people are saying, oh yeah, I ship this, I ship that. And I'm like, what are we talking about? I, I used to work in a warehouse, like I used to manage a warehouse and I'm just like, what are you shipping? Where are you shipping it to? Are you like, are you using freight Coming hoarding? at it from like you a very use,
1: logical
2: Are there customs charges that
3: need to be factored into this? What are you doing? Are they collectors?
2: No, I learned a new word today. What was it? With
1: the Lion King? Oh, um, slaps. The, slaps. Shit, the shit slaps.
2: Oh, we were, Sean I was says that all
3: the time. New-
1: <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. It's the thing the kids are saying. Yeah, yeah he- it's a bummer he couldn't be here.
3: Yeah, he's working. He's in New Zealand. Uh, I think he gets back, when did he get back like on Wednesday or something like that. So, you know, it'll just be me staying up till midnight on a school night, basically. Drinking.
1: Boom. I shouldn't,
3: shouldn't be drinking on a school night, but I am. You you you. Two, we
1: shouldn't uh, be drinking at eight a.m., but here we are. <laughs> I know. I might need.
2: I'm gonna need a refill because I drink like a, i drink alcohol like water. It's the
1: end of the world.
2: Yeah, that that's the empty
3: one. So Yeah, slaps. So sorry, that's that's where we were. We were on important things like slaps. <laughs> this
1: shit slaps. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: So Sean, Sean said another one today on Twitter. It was talking about uh, Lord of the Rings and he said it's this this stabs. And I was like, oh, what the hell? Stab. Yeah. He said that Helm's <laughs> Deep still sla- still stabs. And I was thinking uh, Love Helms
0: what's Deep. What's the next progression? Oh my god.
3: Like it's you start with a slap, now you're stabbing murder. It's like, well, this kills, this slays is already a thing. So, like, yeah. I, I think you've got to go somewhere. Hannibal
1: oh, Lecter's?
3: Yeah, this Hannibal Lecter's.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, this is this this, totally
3: cannibal. This Hannibal
1: Lecter's. This murders and eats humans. <laughs> this John That's Wayne Gacy's.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that.
2: We took it there. This Ted Bundy's. <laughs>
0: Ooh. <laughs> oh, we'll get some Netflix. That's quit.
2: topical, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this Ted Bundy mm-hmm. You got like a feather in your. Head. Or no. Uh, feather, all no right,
3: let's got it. Bring, it. bring it back to Ezra. <laughs> let's bring it back to mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Okay, so we, we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't help it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, the Star Wars murderer.
3: Let's talk about him likes to kill children his name's mole
2: <laughs> yeah anakin ted bundy that shit mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> god
2: oh
1: God, did he eat the younglings? ted bundy didn't eat the people he didn't no he just murdered a bunch of chicks
3: did anyone eat the people
1: i'm getting all my like serial killers mixed up we've been listening to a lot of murder podcasts nah,
3: there, i know the, there was the one in yeah was it austria he wanted was that he wanted to eat people or was that he wanted to be eaten or is that just two totally I separate he things? I think to
2: eat people, and he maybe he was a police officer. Uh,
3: I don't know. There, there's someone watching this when it, by the time it comes out, that's like fully into serial killer, like you know, history. And they're stuff, screaming and at they're the screen like, and
1: being like, "It's us!"
2: The door
3: come on, <laughs> yeah. their eye patch has gone on, and they're just like,
2: "GTFO."
3: Yeah, they're gonna give me a down thumb. <laughs> We'll give you an up thumb. Oh, good. Or two. Good. I give myself an up thumb.
1: We have two thumbs, so. Mine goes sideways, but-
2: Oh,
3: mine does, straight. Uh, mine does mine too. Mine does too. From-
1: does mine a little- Mine does a little bit.
3: On the topic of arthritis, uh, why do you think <laughs> Ezra gravitates towards Maul and he's walking stick? Like, what what do you think he's looking for in someone like Maul? Well,
2: I think it's just smooth like Anakin Segway. Palpatine. That
3: was smooth. Mm-hmm. Just-
2: You know, it's someone who's pumping him up like, oh, you can use your full potential. You have emotions. Don't bother keeping them in check, because it's fine. Mm. You know, and also I'll give you the answers you want, because you know, when they're kind of like make a wish on the Holocron or whatever, Ezra's question is, I want to destroy the Sith, which in the Jedi way, like, obviously they'd want to destroy, but as a Jedi, they really should be, and defense mode i guess yeah right
1: yeah i don't know what do you think i don't know i mean i feel like for ezra it was just being young and impressionable and like it was something different it was you know you've been training with kanan this whole time and maul presented a different point of view and uh yeah and how long has um
2: kanan and Ezra been together at that point I at think?
1: that point i want to say it's like 2 years because yeah. it's season 1 and 2 we're at the end of season 2 so it's about 2ish years okay. yeah, if i guess yeah it's about 2 yeah, years yeah so he's new yeah.
3: yeah it's it's kind of a nice insight i i thought especially when you've got now like the last jedi and uh there's kind of like that bit of backstory where we know that kylo has you know been influenced by snoke At some point in his past, there's obviously there's bits of of information to do with it in some of the canon novels and things like that. But getting some kind of visual representation of like, well, what what would it actually look like to see someone getting slowly corrupted by the force? You know, like you see see Anakin take a sharp turn, you know, like basically (laughs) he's got this thing inside of him and it's kind of like there's a straw that breaks him and that's what, and then he flips. It's not like this, it's not like a slow mentoring and eroding away of anything. It was already there. Like little prods, little things that Palpatine gave him and stuff. But, but I don't, I don't feel like he had to do much like in the overall arc, whereas someone like Ezra is like, he could go any direction. He could go any way. And if he hasn't got someone like Kanan there, keeping him kind of in check and like, looking out for his best interests you've got maul on the other hand that is just absolutely feeding him all of the worst things that he possibly could to try and kind of like bring him over and whatnot so i thought that was that was a really interesting thing to see in the context of the sequel trilogy
1: well i think it's also a part of it is that ezra and doesn't just have Kanan. Under- Ezra has a whole family of people yeah. of support um, around him. I mean, he's got Sabine and Zeb and Hera and even Chopper that are also there to support him in the same way and sort of back Kanan up in that sense. Whereas Anakin was very isolated, I mm. think. I mean, he didn't, he was close with Padme, he was close with Obi-Wan, and that was sort of end of list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that ha- at the end of the day, Rebels is very much a, it's a family drama. It's a show about a family and a story about a family. And that, I think, is probably, a, plays a lot into why Ezra ultimately doesn't ever turn fully to the dark side. We see him at the beginning of season three kind of like flirting with that a little bit, yeah. which is super interesting as a as, you know, for the audience, but... I think that, you know, having that family backup was a huge thing for him. How does he
3: yeah. get that information that actually then sends Maul off? Because, like, they're, they're looking at... what well, I can't remember. I, I should have watched it before we, we had a chat. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> oh my God. I went out looking for washers and dryers instead because we need a new one. <laughs> Laundry. Yeah, white huh. goods. Who
2: um, needs it? Yeah. So with the Sith, and Jedi holocrons combining. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the deal was they could each ask one question, but the holocrons kind of destroy each other. Mm-hmm. So the questions they asked, Maul said, Oh, mine's just a very simple one. Ezra says, I want to destroy the Sith. And when their minds kind of melded before the holocrons exploded, um, they kind of got a weird mashup of things. But mm. It was actually kind of surprising because it was both the same. It was answer. Luke. The same. You know, answer. It was the same answer, but they got different pieces of it. Mm. So where is Kenobi? Is Mauls? I want to destroy the Sith. Is Ezra's? Ezra sees twin sons.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Maul sees. I think just the. Kenobi's still alive? Yeah. Is
1: that it? Well, there's also the warning that the Bendu gives Kanan and Ezra where he, sa- he warns them and says, if you bring the two holocrons together, you're, you might get the information you need, but this is... You know, what it comes at a cost. This is gonna be very dangerous and very destructive. Mm. Um, in that episode where they the first time where they bring the two Holocrons together, Kanan comes into the room and is like, You like stop this. Don't don't Mm. go all the way with this. And he stops them before they can really get the answers that they need and, and pulls Ezra out.
3: Shit, that was. I remember, good, like wasn't Kanan's,
1: it? yeah, like Kanan's Ooh. sight came back for a little bit, which makes no sense, but like yeah. it was still no one else could see because like, Kanan. Okay, Kanan has like no eyes, so this is kind of weird that that is how that worked, I guess. But that's fine. But yeah, he he sees them and he pulls them out, and he's the only one that can go in the room because it's too bright for everyone else.
3: That, yeah. So that's right. Yeah. That that's that's coming back to me a little bit now.
2: Wow.
1: That's also when Maul gets a t-shirt. Oh yeah, that episode where he shows back up on their on their ship and he's got a shirt on. And we're <laughs>
3: yeah, he, he <laughs> okay. gets kind of like kitted out <laughs> in these like kind of like hipster hipster hobo chic duds, doesn't he?
2: Yeah,
1: like he, he just does. came from the gym or yeah. something.
2: He's got like the po scarf thing. Yeah, and this <laughs> t shirt that matches his pants. I don't know.
3: <laughs> so the holocrons come together. They they mush. They give. Uh, they give Maul and they give Ezra each a little bit of basically the same bit of information. It's the, it's two answers to the or one answer to the same, to two questions. I don't know. I've had too much to drink. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it sends Maul off on his mission to find Kenobi finally.
2: Well, there are a few little pit stops. Like um, Ezra starts seeing Maul a little bit and, Maul is like, I know Ezra has what I need because I probably have part of what he needs and that I know there's a person that's going to destroy the Sith. So they go to Dathomir to do some old witch magic shit and right. like meld their minds. And that's, that's really when we see what we were talking about earlier with Maul being very protective of Ezra. And that's the one where he says, oh, you're a friend and a brother and also um we see forget attachments forget the jedi like just come with me yes Mm. and we also see that he's very sentimental because he has like these weird shrines to all these different points in his life yeah that he's just been you know he's it's kind of like a serial killer like keeping prizes Mm. well yeah and he's like a
1: hoarder in this like little cave on dathomir where he's like these are things i've collected throughout my whatever and it's just yeah. I mean, Ezra walks in. He's like, "What's all this shit?" Like, <laughs> yeah. and then they uh, they drink the potion because Mall mixes up a little cocktail for him and the child he's with. We should and figure out how to make um,
2: cocktails that have the
3: like the phone smoke the, shit the smoke. Oh, um, like dry ice.
1: That, like dry ice. I don't want to drink that. That would be bad.
3: Yeah, I don't no, think no, it's no, good no, for but, you. Like
2: you know how they do fancy. Yeah,
1: we but we're not figure, fancy. I know. I know.
3: Do you know what goon of what? fortune is? Goon of
2: fortune. Do you know what goon
3: no. is?
1: Yeah, it's a bag of wine. Yeah. yeah, Andy used that term and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So do you know, so <laughs> it's like what the hell is goon?
3: Yeah, do you know do you know what a like clo- you know, clothes line? Obviously you've got clothes lines there, but you know the ones that spin?
2: Yeah. Okay. So goon
3: of fortune is when you get the goon bag and you clothes peg it to the, the clothes line and you all stand around it. And you spin it. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. And that's just, amazing. And it just
3: lands. And wherever it lands, like you set you set the rule and you say, okay, when it lands, you're going to do it for five seconds, ten seconds, whatever it may be. And that's that's the rule. And you just, that's how you play.
2: Well, what I found interesting is that the pictures we got, at least, the bags were like foil, like metallic yeah, foil.
3: Yeah, they're like a silver. Here, a
2: lot of the bag wine comes in plastic, like clear.
3: Oh, that's weird.
2: Well, they're in boxes, and you've got to pull out the bag. Yeah, obviously. yeah, well, same. You can't just buy a bag. But the only game I know of is Baggo. What's that? I don't really know something where you slap the bag. Yeah, that's what I we called it. it. We just called it slap
1: the bag. Okay,
2: yeah. I, I what was there an actual rule to it?
1: Um, no. I feel like it was sort of like a um beer bong, but with wine, where you just like. Sit underneath it, and someone like pours the wine into your mouth until you like choke and die. But when do you slap it? When it's getting really empty, and you have to like get the get the juice out of the bag.
3: <laughs> that sounds like a horrible game.
1: It's so <laughs> stupid. I could be totally wrong. I like wasn't cool enough in
2: college to know yeah. this. I don't know yours. I never played it. Yours sounds way more fun. What's it called Goon again? Of fortune. We call Goon it Gun of, the... yeah. yeah, of
1: Fortune. Yeah,
3: yeah, like Wheel of Fortune, so- but the I like prize that. is just horrible, Goon horrible of cheap wine. It's good.
1: Like a hang. The uh, prize
2: is a prize
3: hangover. is a hangover. Yeah. I
2: love jug wine. Yeah. I can. I drink jug wine like water. You think I drink this shit like water? <laughs> Just wait till you see me with a jug of Carlo Rossi. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> you got celebration tickets for next year, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I think we're gonna have to like Amazon order box wine because that really came in handy. Yes. Oh my at god. At like the, the, bar the night. hotel
1: bar, and I think that we're at the party hotel. I've seen a couple of people talking about the Hilton. And that's attached to the convention center, and I think I think we're at the party. Uh, you, you were
3: attached while. again, or like in the
1: shit? Yeah, that was just way too convenient this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was nice.
3: All right, um, back on track. So yeah, uh, yeah, we were talking about drinks, <laughs> and Darth Maul makes like a really wicked cocktail, like with
1: for the child. Yes, yeah. 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 For so our child. Um, there's Malt's, underage drinking. Maul's the cool uncle. <laughs> he, sp- he
3: basically spikes. Ezra's drink gets him totally wasted, and then they they merge yeah. minds
2: with magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and
3: then that's you know when you drink, all...
2: oh, we merge minds. Yeah. That's how we work. Mm-hmm. It's the only way this works. <laughs> you gotta touch my finger with your head.
1: Okay, <laughs> just got, it's like a dry wet willy. <laughs> it's a dry I willy.
2: <laughs> I didn't go in your ear. I just was merging temples with my hand. Okay. <laughs> all
3: right. <laughs>
2: Sorry, so stupid. This is what we do. Yeah. when we record, this it's this is just what happens. Oh, I'm not recording. It's a brand, <laughs>
3: oh, d-
2: bullshit. Go back I just, to the beginning. I just do this for fun. My eyes are watering from laughing. So We're so funny. Yeah.
3: <sighs> Let's get through this. <laughs> <laughs> <Son> of <laughs> of
2: <bitches. laughs> you're an asshole. Your face is an asshole. Shut up.
3: Yeah. No, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm out of booze. I'm gonna start a third one. Off. <laughs> oh, shit. I said, fuck. <laughs> right. I'm going to have to bleep that out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got a good blooper reel. Yeah. I feel like doing that.
3: <laughs> that I do. Okay. Oh, shit. That was loud. So, I did that so that I have like that can opening sound effect. I can always just like go oh, back I yeah, that. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Put that
1: in the sound bank. Yeah. and bring
3: it. That one's yeah, going in go. the bank. Yeah,
1: that really nice. Yeah. Whip it back out whenever you want, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, whip it out.
3: Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about more when he goes to Tatooine. So he's got the information. Uh, he's he's whipped out the information from Ezra's Ezra's mind. It's gone in mm-hmm. his. He's got impure thoughts about that white bearded man, Kenobi. <laughs> He wants to go out there and he wants to find him he wants to he wants to put an end to him so
0: mm-hmm.
3: when that happened when that that happens over what the course of is it one or two episodes where he hits tatooine oh. I think. Hits Tatooine in one episode, and then the next episode, it's like the journey towards Kenobi and then the confrontation? I
1: think... So, Tatooine happens all in one episode. Tatooine is just twin sons. It
3: is just twin sons. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's a quick episode. It's weird that they were able to, like, smash all of that into, like, 24 minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What was your feeling when you saw it for the first time?
1: There were so many throwbacks to A New Hope, and I just absolutely ate every piece of it up because we get Tusken Raiders, which is, like, awesome, um, I just love the sound effects like that you get from Tuscan Raiders. It's just yeah. such a weird noise. I love it. Um, but the my favorite one of my favorite moments, I think, in all of Rebels happens in Twin Sons. Um, and it's when Chopper and Ezra are about to sort of venture out into like the open desert mm-hmm. and Chopper doesn't want to go, and he's kind of standing on the edge, and Ezra's like, f*** you, I'm out. Like, I'm going to go. Oh, it's like c 3 P O and R2. Yeah, and they're like, it's very reminiscent of, like, C-3PO and R2 when they first land on Tatooine, and they, like, want to go their separate ways, but as it turns out, as big of an asshole as Chopper is he's a better asshole than C-3PO was because C-3PO like set R2 on his own, didn't follow him because he's such a jerk. And at least Chopper is like, you can see the internal struggle and you can see him kind of, but there's also this like really wide shot of like the, of Chopper in the sort of center. And it's kind of like the dog looking on at like its master, the dog getting left behind and it just breaks my heart and it's so cute and then he like follows him even though he's just such a jerk and it's just it's so great I I just it's one of my favorite moments in the entire series is Chopper almost getting left behind on Tatooine but then giving in and being like okay I'll follow and then his battery
2: expires yeah and then his battery dies
1: it's sad Sad. yeah yeah, Yeah. it's real sad but I love that moment so all of Twin Sons, I mean like people are always going to talk about that huge you know what we all expected to be a huge battle at the end but there's so much (laughs) good stuff in twin Mm. sons um and part of it is i think you know the feeling of being back on tatooine and the scenery of that even as much as we complain about all the desert scenes in star wars how we just like get so bored of it like it's so nostalgic just being back there in that episode i just i love the whole thing start to finish
2: i thought it was really interesting how moth like, knew Kenobi would sense something mm-hmm. and rescue Ezra? Yeah. it's kind
1: of weird to me, but... Um, he would sense his, like, despair and his sorrow, and he would come looking to help. Yeah. Yeah. Because- Kenobi has, like, this, like, he must... He kind of played into, like, this hero thing that, like, Harry Potter has where he's got this, like, sort of, like, hero game he has to play. Yeah. Like, he knew that he would have to go, that he would sense that and he would go after it.
2: Well, th- I found that interesting because, you know how in Ahsoka, how she's like, I'm turning myself off from the Force. I'm not gonna, like, feel mm-hmm. out. I don't want people to find me. Yada yada. But Obi-Wan hasn't really done that. And, mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've only read two Legends books, but one's Kenobi. You should read that next. Um, One's Kenobi and... He keeps trying to reach out to the Force because he wants to get in touch with Qui Gon and like let yeah. Qui Gon teach him. Mm. Well, and in, in the way, canon,
1: he does reach out to Qui Gon. So at oh, this point, he? yeah. So okay. like yeah. In, from a certain point of view, and he's been like reaching out to Qui Gon. They've been communicating. Qui Gon's been training him about like okay. how to master this concept of like being active in the afterlife or whatever. And it's yeah. it's a really great story. And um and from a certain point of view, but it uh. Yeah, it's, you sort of see that, that training still going on with with Kenobi, or you see that he's had more training and that he's, he's changed from what he once was. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I mean, I just thought it was really interesting that he found Ezra in the first place, and Maul kind of, like, knew what to do to have him found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And then in the fight scene, I thought it was the most anticlimactic lightsaber fight I've ever seen in my life. Laura what, what what did you do for I it?
1: disagree so here's my thing I when I first watched it I was very confused um because <laughs> when I first watched it I like rewound it probably twice to be like is my video broken like I don't understand what just happened like where's yeah. the rest of it and it was it, so it was very I was very confused but after a couple of times of sort of watching it if you if you sit and watch and pay attention and kind of break it down Um, which is hard to do the first time you watch it. You don't, it's not your instinct to like, stop and pause and go back and study it scene by scene. But once you do that, it's really, it's cool. You can see that like the different positions that Kenobi takes on where he's sort of, you know, when he takes on his position and where he's kind of pointing his fingers and holding his lightsaber behind his head. And that's very reminiscent of like young Obi-Wan. But then he sort of takes on the like, it looks like he's like at a, like, at the plate as a baseball player, and he's about to, like, you know, you yeah. know, take a swing at whatever is coming at him, but he, um, it, it's very reminiscent of the the sort of traditional lightsaber stance that Qui-Gon Jinn used to use, and so he sort of moves through those different positions, and it's just really cool to watch when you kind of sit and break it down, and you can see Maul restlessly sort of, like, he's not even moving or pacing or whatever, he's just moving his feet around, um, Almost like a tiger in a cage, mm-hmm. like in the Phantom Menace, when he's pacing back and forth. Yeah, he hasn't lost that um, even in his age. Yeah, but the the saber fight itself is so it's so quick, and ultimately, I really liked it because I like how sort of quick and clean and stylistically how it plays out. It's yeah. it's it's an interesting choice, and it was probably the right choice because at that point, how many lightsaber battles have we seen? Maul and Kenobi, and Maul and whoever, and Kenobi and whoever have. Between all of the canon material that we've seen. Yeah. This was something different.
2: I think it really emphasizes how Obi-Wan has grown Mm. and had time to think um, in his exile-ish on Mm Tatooine. And then it also shows how Maul is still consumed and driven by hatred. Mm. So, like, he hasn't changed at all. Whereas, you know, again, Obi-Wan's grown. Maul has either stayed the same or regressed. Mm. Mm. But I thought it was really interesting at the end. Uh, Maul says,
3: Tell me, is it the chosen one? He is.
0: He will avenge us.
2: So that also kind of takes – I know there's recently been articles about the Chosen One or something that, you know, having to do with the rise of Skywalker, but um, I think that's the first time we see the Chosen One not being referred to as Anakin. Anakin.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: So that was really interesting to me. And then it also shows us that that's what he saw that Ezra wanted, because Ezra wanted to – kill the Sith, or get rid of them. So Ezra would have seen Luke, and that's how Maul knew about him.
3: There's, uh, who was it? It was Daisy Ridley said in one of her many, many interviews that she's given over the last couple of weeks, uh, something about the lightsaber hilts for the Rise of Skywalker being made uh, lighter so that they could swing them around better and basically have a more intense fight.
1: Interesting. Yeah, Yeah.
3: and... It got me thinking. I was thinking, okay, well, this particular fight that I knew we were going to be talking about, I liked it. I didn't like it at first. But, yeah, Laura, similar similar to you. Like, just the way that it plays out in its subtleties, I thought were really, really strong. Like, it, it just... It is that kind of scene where you could break it down, you could look at each each little frame if you wanted to and be like, oh, that's where he's doing this pose, that's where he's doing this. Even I think Maul, doesn't Maul go for one of the moves that he did on Qui-Gon or something like that? And that's when Obi-Wan gets him?
1: Yeah, so Maul sort of, again, because, you know, Obi-Wan has paid attention and Obi-Wan has learned, Maul hasn't mm. learned anything apparently. Despite the and- exile as well. You get, you get the three strikes of, um, you know, the three strikes between the, the, in the fight between the two of them. And the third one is where Maul tries to go up with the lightsaber and bump Kenobi's head like he did with Qui-Gon, but Kenobi sees it coming, um, and is able to sort of strike. That's when he strikes down through the middle of the hilt of, of Maul's saber. And it's, yeah, it's very cool. It's a, it's just, it's such an interesting, like, thing to look at compared against or compared to the phantom menace to see how these characters have changed or not changed it's it's wild Mm. it's just great
3: you see this fight that in three hits has probably a hell of a lot more meaning behind it than Yeah, then if they had spent 10 whole minutes doing a fight, which they very well could have, and I think that's what a lot of people were kind of expecting, you know, thought, oh, they're they're going to meet again and they're going to fight and they're going to be like, blah, 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 and it's going to be insane. (laughs) And then it was just done. It was done. Mm -hmm. But the, the result's the same. But they managed to do a fight that basically you could reflect on. You could reflect on each character's history, each character's path and what's brought them to that point um and then when they get that moment to speak before mole finally before mole finally dies like you know that line alice that you that you quoted is the line that got me and i think that was the bit where i went from fairly quickly like going oh what that was it to when he said it when he's like oh he will avenge us i just i Bald. I th- I think I just remember like watching it. And I was just like, <gasps> and just all <laughs> of it started coming out. It was just like just ah wet everywhere, moist Imperial Senate, moist. Um, so yeah, it, that that was the thing that got me. And so I've been thinking about that so much with the the rise of Skywalker. You know, Daisy said that they're going to be like having this insane, intense battle, and. It's kind of got me thinking, do I want an insane, intense battle?
1: Well, you have to almost kind of think about what we've already seen in the sequel trilogy and what we haven't seen yet compared to some of these the other trilogies. So we've already seen an epic lightsaber showdown between Rey and Kylo Ren. We've already seen them sort of teaming up and taking on a common adversary. What we haven't seen yet is something similar to this Maul Kenobi fight where it's quick and where it ends with one enemy cradling the other in his arms as he's dying. That's something we haven't seen like in the sequel trilogy yet. I don't think so. I want Epic, like battle the heroes that score. Awesome. And I love that whole
2: fight scene and the emotion at the end that like Obi-Wan gives out with you or my brother, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I want something more like that. And You know, one thing about the teaser we've had is the score is so good. Mm. Yeah. So I'm kind of – or it seems like the score is going to be the best of the sequel trilogy because I haven't really been super impressed, to be honest. But I want something like that. And I'm kind of wondering if we're going to have weird, like, force ghost fights.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or,
2: you know, like – Um kind of like harry potter style where all the ghosts show up to like help oh yeah So somehow we'll see like anakin's ghost or i don't know i hope we see you and mcgregor again but that'd
3: be cool who knows. that would be really cool right all right so um question for each of you is there something from rebels whether it's maul whether it's something else um that you would like to see pop up In the Rise of Skywalker.
1: I think seeing like an adult Ezra would be really interesting because I've never personally been a huge fan of the character of Ezra, which is weird Mm. because the whole show centers on him. And I really love Star Wars Rebels, but I've never personally I mean, like it wasn't until the actual finale when he like has that moment with Sabine. In the season four finale where he they have the sort of understanding and Ezra's gonna escape and Sabine sort of on his side kind of helping him on the sly. That was really the first moment that I was ever like, oh, f- like, shit, I care about this character, actually. Like before that, I really never gave a shit. Um, But I think that an adult Ezra would be a really interesting thing to see, because we've seen some of these characters in their younger form grow up and change like very much. And mm. I mean, even thinking of just like Admiral Haldo, we have like a teenage version of her in the book, and she's so different in the movie. Right. And I think that'd be really cool to see like how different Ezra could be in adult form if he were to show up. Um, somehow, in The Rise of Skywalker. But I'm also, like, I've mentioned this before, but I'm, like, I'm really hoping for, like, a Jason Syndulla force user, like, character to potentially show up, which is, like, way overreaching, I'm sure, isn't going to happen. But it's, that's my personal, like, wish of something I'd like to see. What about you?
2: Oh, something from Rebels that would translate into The Rise of Skywalker. I... Honestly, can't think of anything. I mean,
1: would you go... You you would think, like, Ahsoka would be a good answer, but she would be so old. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how old Togruta's to get, but she'd be, like, major old balls by then. Know, so right? And,
2: yeah. like, how good could they make her look? That's the other problem. Yeah,
1: and live action.
2: I don't feel like anything from Rebels could be translated into the story at this point. It'd because, be hard. Yeah, because, you know, J.J. is trying to incorporate... Everything from the saga itself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Rebels, just like from the books, too.
1: He's probably not... That's probably... It's hard enough probably Mm -hmm. trying to incorporate, like, the eight saga films that have come before it. Like, not even taking Solo and Rogue One into account. Just counting the saga would be a lot. So, It's, it's not something I have high expectations for it's just one of those things that would be kind of nice even if it was just like mentioned on the slide or you see yeah, someone in the background they're like, they're like oh god was that chopper that just rolled by like, like he's friends with snap yeah yeah or something and what about you what like what do you want to see and do you want like a rebels thing to show up in the rise of skywalker
3: i didn't until the whole palpatine reveal and i thought oh that what Palpatine's back? What? And the last time I'd seen Palpatine, obviously, was uh the World Between Worlds. Yeah. I think I tend to agree with you that it would be a bit of a stretch to start pulling in some of the stuff from Rebels. Like it's the animated shows have got some of the weirdest shit in it, really. Like, really <laughs> <Yeah>. it does. <laughs>
2: the bendu oh god
3: yeah the bendu like could you imagine people in the cinemas if, if like you know they're sitting there and it's like it's star wars as they knew it and then this bendu just comes out and it's like, yeah. Was like space moose. yeah space moose <laughs> yeah it'd be moose. like what the bleep <laughs> it's just people would just be like did it you think they were confused when maul turned up in solo like it's yeah. that yeah times 11 not up to 11 times. But I think,
1: 11. I don't think it's a stretch to, like, to think that Palpatine might be mm. showing up in some form that includes the world between worlds. Mm. I don't think that's a stretch at all. I also kind of wonder if, like, Ray's force vision was sort of a world between worlds-esque type of thing. Like, we may have already seen it mm. in the sequel trilogy, but I don't think that yeah. that is a stretch of the imagination to think that Palpatine isn't actually back in physical form, that it's more of, like, a world between world thing where it is... It's still very real and very and very much happening, yeah. but it's not necessarily in the physical world as we know mm-hmm. it. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe maybe something to do with Palpatine and that world between worlds. That could be if there was going to be a bit from Rebels. Could be that.
2: Wouldn't it be cute if we saw Mirai? Yeah. But, like, um, the like the a service yeah.
1: Convor. Yeah. She'd be really mm-hmm. old, but. She'd be like decrepit and just have one wing. Just kind of <laughs> just flapping like around, like, around like, yeah. <laughs> Ray would be like, oh my God, what is this supposed to do? Is this supposed to
2: help me? Like, <laughs> But maybe, we don't know how they age, right? I don't know. Uh. Yeah. It might live forever. But, like, but that could fit in easily yeah. with no thought. Yeah.
3: I know that they've, I think they've listed the planets that are, that are going to be on there. But even just having a stint on Lothal would be really cool. I just kind of want to see a loath wolf as kind of the background cameo Easter egg, as opposed to just banthers always, you know, like there's always like, where can we insert a banther? And it's like, yeah, there's a banther over
0: there.
1: Whatever. The only, like, the only thing I can see that happening is if there's, like, an endgame style battle at the end and they're bringing in every element of every single thing oh, and they're, like, put four Wolves in the back. That's the only, like, thing that I can really kind of have in my I, mind of being, like, the, where that would potentially show up. I
2: am personally. so sick of Lothal. And plus we got those, uh, the volt Yeah, the Crystal
1: Critters. Yeah, creatures. the Crystal Insta- Crystal Critters.
2: What's yeah. the is it volt texts, yeah. Oh I don't for know. The plural? Oh I
1: have no idea. Volt taxes. Yeah. Anyway, we
2: got those and those are loaf loath wolf like. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's mm, Yeah. I'm tired of lethal like
3: ugh. Well fine then. Fine. Alright, let's just, yeah. fine. Be yeah, that be way. that way. That's it. I'm done talking to you. Same. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like to tell people how they can find you?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Matt. This is really fun. Um, we just launched our new website recently. Um, by the time this comes out, it will have been like a month or so, but that's Um And you can find all of the podcatchers that you can use to and all the platforms you can use to listen to us there. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the, all the big ones. Um, and we're really active on Twitter, so come find us at ForceToastPod, um, and you can find each of our handles if you come find the podcast and come interact with us. We've got a really fun like group of people that we've sort of like built this community with and on Twitter, and we've we've been having a lot of fun there. So join us, will you?
0: Thanks for watching, and make sure you subscribe for more on the road to nine hit the bell icon so you're notified about future installments, and if you like what we do, you can support us by heading over to our Patreon and contributing. Even a small amount helps keep us producing content now and into the future.
1: Yay!
2: I'm really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great, man. I feel great, man.
3: I'm going to get on that recording. I we do,
1: okay? I'm incredibly sweaty, like... Really? Mm. really, mm. really mm. i nice. I need another shower like stat.